0: Definition for justice. The maintenance or the administration of what is just. So, what is just? Just being what is merited, deserved. So, what then does injustice mean? It means a violation of the rights of another unfair, wrong. Today we celebrate Good Friday that we call it. As we consider the word good in Good Friday in light of what Jesus endured and purposes that were underway, there are not enough words to describe how good Friday really is. The depth of the goodness of this day is so deep, no words can go there. It is so high, it is so wide, the good that took place on this day 2,000 years ago. When we consider the horrific nature of the death of Jesus and the things that he endured, the only word I could come up with is injustice. I can think of words like horrific, horrendous, terrible, torturous, and on and on and on. We can think of those words that he went uh, to describe the things that Jesus endured. The ironies that were at play in his death are numerous and they are deep. The, the purposes that were at play, and it's not really at play, at work. That were taking place were completely at odds with one another. Motivations completely at odds with one another. While one thought they were winning, the other side knew they were winning. I made some bullet points of the injustices endured by Jesus, and it's only a handful, there are many, many more. We will not go into all of them. I want to mention just a few. The injustices that Jesus endured. He was betrayed by one of his disciples, one of his followers, one that was devoted to him, betrayed him. It's one of the hardest things that a person ever faces it's being stabbed in the back. By a good friend. Jesus endured that. The Jewish leaders wanted to kill Jesus, but we read in the book of John that Jewish law prohibited them from killing him. So they went to the Romans so that the Romans would kill him for them. Pilate could find no guilt in Jesus. He questioned him, he examined him, and he could find no guilt. But he had him executed anyways. When Pilate asked for a logical reason to the Jewish leaders why Jesus should be put to death, the Jewish mob, in their guilt, in their conviction, In understanding they had no good reason, all they could do was scream louder and louder, crucify him, crucify him to drown out their own consciences. Herod could find no reason to put Jesus to death. He found him not guilty. Barabbas who was a vile criminal? <laughs> he was an insurrectionist against the government. He was the one who should have hung on the cross, but he was released into freedom in order to satisfy, satisfy the crazed mob. I'll talk talk about him in a moment. In First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-two. It says, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. In Hebrews chapter 7, we read that he was holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners. Separated in a good way because sinners have sin and he had no sin. Therefore, he was separated from sinners. Holy, innocent, One pastor has written this. Nowhere is injustice seen more graphically than in the arrest, trial, and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. No victim of injustice was ever more innocent than the sinless Son of God. And yet no one ever suffered more agony than he did. He was cruelly executed by men who openly acknowledged his faultlessness. Yet at the same time, Barabbas, a murderous, thieving insurrectionist, was summarily set free. It was the greatest travesty of justice the world has ever seen. As we consider the agony and the torture and the suffering of Jesus... We look at this horizontally, we look at this humanly, but you can look at it just about at any angle and see the injustice of it. However, that is not the full story. The crucifixion of Christ was also the greatest act of divine justice ever carried out. It was done in full accord with the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. That's from Acts chapter 2. And for the highest purposes. The death of Christ secured the salvation of untold numbers. And opened the way for God to forgive sin. Without compromising his own perfect holy standard. When Jesus was dying on the cross. We read in the gospels. His very last word that he uttered. Before he breathed his last was tetelestai. It is finished. The debt is paid. It is paid in full. Our sin debt has been paid. The forgiveness of sins for all who believe has taken place. Tetelestai. This pastor goes on to write... Many wrongly think of Christ as merely a victim of human injustice, a martyr who suffered tragically and unnecessarily. But the truth is that his death was God's plan. In fact, it was the key to God's eternal plan of redemption. Far from being an unnecessary tragedy, the death of Christ was a glorious victory, the most gracious and wonderful act of divine benevolence ever rendered on behalf of sinners. It is the consummate expression of God's love for us. This is why Good Friday is so good. To Tetelestai. Jesus did it. He completed it. Our forgiveness is secure. I would like to read... In closing, yeah, that's right, in closing. (laughs) Pastor Aaron said, keep it short. A passage that was written hundreds of years earlier by the prophet Isaiah. They're hard words to read, I'm telling you. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation about Jesus. Why Good Friday is so good. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord the Father, God the Father, laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of God's people. He had done no wrong. He had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave but it was the Lord's, the Father's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet, when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. Here we are. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished, By his anguish, he will be satisfied, To tetelestai. And because of his experience, the father says, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier, because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. Praise the Lord. The night before this day, when Jesus was murdered on the cross, he met with the disciples in the upper room to celebrate Passover. And Paul later writes about it. This is what Paul says. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the... Cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. When we partake of the Lord's supper, we're doing exactly what Jesus said to do. Remember, do this in remembrance of me so that you remember what it is I have done. Remember my death, which atones for your sin. When we partake of communion, we proclaim his death. We proclaim that we believe that his death, that his shed blood is atoning for our sins. We have placed our faith and our trust in what he has done. We identify with him when we partake of the elements. We identify with him that we believe, that we follow, that he is our savior. Then in that moment, we can say, as Jesus said, to tell us It is finished. He finished it for me. My sins are forgiven. I don't have to pay for my sins. You don't have to pay for your sins because he paid for your sins to tell us, "I it is finished."